Okay, let's begin. Oh, Rabbi Lazarus is standing, sitting right, right in front of me. It's a little... Uh, I don't know, it's fine. It's good, I, I, I'm Zocha. Okay, let's begin. Let's begin with... As it's uh, literally a few moments before Rosh Hashanah. And, you know, to... Uh, if there's a time, I said last night during the the quicker Mesil Sisharim or when we do the Mesil Sisharim inside um, as we said L'David Hashem Oiri that Hashem is my light and I'd like to focus on that uh, today during during this Mesil Sisharim to talk about the concept a little bit about Rosh Hashanah but, but a little bit even more deeper than that um, that Ladavad Hashem Oiri, Oiri, the Medrash says, is Zu Rosh Hashanah. That Rosh Hashanah is the R, Yishi. Ladavad Hashem Oiri vi Yishi. Yishi is my salvation. My salvation is Yom Kippur. That's what Chazal tell us. So Oiri, the R, the light, is Rosh Hashanah. Yishi, the salvation, is Yom Kippur. And then right, it talks about Sukkot, talks about Shemini Atzeres. That's not the uh, that's not the forum for what I'd like to talk about in this year, together with all of us. But I really want to focus on what what does that mean that Hashem is my light, and how can I bring more lightness and more light into my life? Because because let's just start with this, right? Darkness is is uh, scary. Darkness is scary, and it's supposed to be. You don't have to be a little kid to be afraid of the dark, right? Anyone who who uh, is has normal uh, functioning um, fears, right? I think when we went to Karastir, I remember who I was uh, who I was with. It could be I was actually I just spoke to, just spoke to him for a second on the phone with Gabriel Clark, and we're walking. Even when I was walking with him, and I'd see people walking from the from the, anyone who's been there, from the, from, uh, from the, from the, what do they call it, the Tzion? Tzion, from the Tzion back to the base, right? It's dark. It's very dark. And what people know, Rabbi Shimon, you did it yourself? Ah, okay. So certain people, right? What? Some people have specifically by themselves. But there's a natural thing that even when you're older, right? We'll talk, you know what? Let's shift a little bit just for a second. We'll try not to get stuck there, even though it's very easy to get stuck into anxiety. But let's shift a second to anxiety because it ties very well into darkness and light. There's something called natural. There's a great book. Anyone who suffers, oh, you've, you've, read, you've read the book, right? What's the book, Aaron? Beautiful. Okay, Aaron's a real uh, Talmud of the yeshiva. Yeah, for sure. Right, Why? Can I say how you got that book, right? We've spoken, we speak about anxiety, right? There's nothing, the be, one of the best ways to help your anxiety, right, is to speak about it, right? Yehuda's, you're doing a class this year on anxiety? Lavdafka. I'm saying we've had, right, why? Because part of anxiety really is another way. When I speak to people about anxiety, I don't let them say the word anxiety. Why? Because part of anxiety is the fact that it's bigger than you, and you don't know what it is. 
So if you say, oh, I'm anxious, what does that mean you're anxious? Oh, you're afraid. Oh, you're nervous. The more you define something, it says, that's when Adam was koire, all the animals, he gave them a shame. He gave them a name. When you name something, then you own it. You're above it. When something is too scary for you, so it's too overwhelming, right? You say, oh, I'm bugging out, right? I'm bugging out. Um, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I have anxiety. That's part of the anxiety is the fact that I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is. If anyone has had an anxiety attack, I myself, uh, when I was much younger, and I remember I didn't even know what an anxiety attack was back in the day. We didn't, I don't even think people said the word anxiety. Anxiety was as, is a new, you know, now it's like, a, you know, it's probably from the most used words out there, right? But basically... Um, the book is Finding Serenity in an Age of Anxiety. So the, the, uh, the, the point is that there's natural anxiety. What does natural anxiety mean? There's toxic anxiety and there's natural anxiety. Natural anxiety is when I'm in the dark and it's 3 o'clock in the morning and I'm walking in the forest and I hear a howling, right? And there at sometimes you could hear the jackals or you hear if you've ever been to the uh, kever of Yonis and Ben Uziel, Right? Yeah, you know, you hear, you start hearing the 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 uh, jackals, whatever they are, you know, howling, you know, and then you start getting nervous as you're walking. Know what that's called? That's called good anxiety. Why? Because you're supposed to be, uh, you know, getting nervous that maybe someone's going to attack you. And what does that do? Your blood gets flowing. Your heart rate gets up. You start getting in a position of what? To protect yourself. Fight or flight. Beautiful. Exactly. The problem is when you're in your room all day doing nothing and you have anxiety, then you got to scratch your head and be like, what am I anxious about? It used to be, right, he starts off the book, if I remember. I read it many, many years ago. But if I remember correctly, it used to be a guy goes, gets out in the morning and he's got to go hunting. And he's got to go come, like, right? David HaMelech, Gam is Ha'ari, Gam is Ha'doiv, Avdecha, that David HaMelech had to be a warrior. How was he a warrior? He was a shepherd. He had to fight off the lions and the bears. Do you need anxiety for that? Oh, yeah. You know why? Because when you're nervous about something, when you're excited about something, nervousness and excitement are the same thing. Should I say that again? That's a big chiddush, guys. Nervousness and excitement are the same thing. Why? What do you mean, why? I'm nervous and afraid, excited, I'm excited. Oh, oh. So, 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 it's not your question. I'm just going to reframe it, Shalom. Right? It's not sort of why. It's it's nervousness and excitement are are from the same, are from the are 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 brothers. They're the same thing. Just one. I think it's nervous. And the other one is, it's excited. But your body and your brain are, are, are saying the same thing, right? When you're going out on a date, are you excited or are you nervous? Hmm, scratch your head about that one. I'm not really sure. If I'm going out to hunt an animal, I mean, we don't have this. But you're going out, I'm sure if you speak to a soldier, I don't know, Rapillo, I don't know who else was in the army, anyone, you're a soldier. You want this army? Really? Wow. So you learn something new. I didn't know that, right? So you're a soldier, right? You speak to any soldier 
who goes into to Shechem, they go into Jinin, they go into the thing. Are they nervous? Usually if they're not nervous, what are they? They're excited. They're excited. Okay, they're nervous. Right, they're nervous too. Okay, you're nervous too, but I'm saying that's the point. There are two different things. The point is, your heartbeat gets up. You're right. That's why people become, that's why, by the way, okay, we can go segue a little bit to addictions. People who are addicts for things, which most, most of us nowadays fall very close to a category. Why? What does it do? It's not so much what you're trying, it's not so much the, the if you've ever spoken to someone who struggles with things, it's not so much what you're struggling with, more it's like the, like I've, told, I've spoken to guys who say, it's getting around the filter. It's spending your seven hours, I don't know how long it takes to get around the filter, but the excitement that I gotta break the thing, it's not always, it's not always the actual thing that you're doing. It's the, your heart racing, the excitement, the challenge, who said that? Oh, sorry, the challenge, the challenge to, to do something. And when somebody, when somebody is bored in life and they sit around all day and they do nothing, they need some type of excitement. So what happens? They're totally anxious, you know why? Because they're not hunting, they're not conquering. They're not accomplishing. And they wonder why they feel the way they feel. Okay? Everybody good so far? Good question, comments on that? Very, very important. Because then we're gonna get to, again, what does it mean that that's the darkness that a person that we're gonna, we're gonna talk about? Yes, go. If someone's struggling with uh, uh, being productive, yes. being busy, then you're gonna be saying it's kind of a, like a waste of time to try to like analyze and get into the feelings of why I'm really anxious and, and what you know what's going on. Just 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 like like you're you going down the wrong street. Just like try to figure out stuff to do. Is that is that correct? Correct. So you've heard me say this many times. If you're productive and and then you have your issues, you're closer to figuring out the problems that you have. But if you're unproductive with all your issues there's really nowhere to start. It's a, if, you, if you hear from anyone, there's nowhere to, you know, I've said this many times, but guys, you, if anyone's, wait, you're waking up at 12 o'clock in the afternoon. You, 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 you're supposed to be miserable and feel like you're doing nothing with your life. Who wakes up at 12 o'clock? Good, a teenager. Seder, you're a teenager, great. So you sleep, but I'm saying someone who's not productive, and the older you get, right? In yeshiva, you can a little bit get away with it a little bit. Right, which is good and bad. But there's a bad for that also. You could be 23 years old, you could be a Kolel, right, and you're not, you're not so productive. So that could be dangerous for a person, very, very dangerous for a person. People get nervous. People get nervous with that. But yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Productivity, right? Productivity is, is will, and I've said this before, will stabilize your mood quicker than a therapist. You, you can quote me on that one. Productivity will stabilize your mood quicker than a therapist. Now, now it doesn't mean if somebody has a real true mood disorder or real medication stuff. We're not talking about that. We're not talking about you know, that. I'm talking about getting up at 7 o'clock in the morning, getting up at 8 o'clock in the morning, having a job. And oh my rayas, how many guys in yeshiva who can't, who can barely get out of bed, who can barely this, who can barely this, and then they go in the summer and they work, and they work straight for two months, two and a half months, three months. They're working. Oh, I'm a different person out over there. Yeah. 
You have your schedule. You can't be on your phone. You got to be busy. So you come to yeshiva and then you have all these existential questions about life. No, you don't. You're not doing anything. You haven't made goals. How many Mishnayas, right? How many Mishnayas are you learning? How are you doing? Etc. Dot, dot, dot. Yeah, everybody, we're good? Question, comments on that? Yeah, Nassano. It's very, it's just, it's a more common, like it's very, I guess, like ironic. You see people which are like really productive, like they have six kids, they're married off a kid, they have, right. like, they have a job, they're really nervous about Parnassa, and good. they're just like doing so much. Good, good. So, but look where you jumped from, Nassano. Beautiful. I love that you said that. Look where you went. You went from zero to 100. I'm not talking to uh, Balabatim, who are 45, 50 years old, with six kids who are working all day. I wouldn't be giving them that schmooze about be productive. I'd say, try and turn back the clock. Till, how old are you? 24. 24. I'd say, could you turn back the clock till you're 20, when you were 24 years old? Now what would you do? What would you, how would you talk? This conversation will change the fact that in, six, in 15 years from now, when you have your six kids plus, and you're working, and you're doing a lot, you'll be able to connect the two together. You hear how you went from zero to meaning what? Very deep. Very deep. So what you guys have to do is you have the opportunity that you don't have to pay bills for your six kids. You don't have to do any, you have no bills, you have nothing, you have nothing. All you gotta do is be productive in building yourself in every area possible. Every area possible. This is your year. And like I love saying as we're a few moments away from our shot, it's one of my favorite lines to say. We didn't even start the year yet. This is the end of last year. And look how, look how focused you already are. Look where you're at. Could you imagine what this Rosh Hashanah is going to bring to you? We're not even there. We're at the end of this last year. And look how powerful your year has been. You're sitting here now. Look where you're at. Imagine what's going to be the Ezus Hashem and Hashem for next year. But, but when you look at it like that, when you look at it like that, Yisano, it's a great question. It's a great question. You don't want to end up being 50 years old, 45 years old, whatever it is, working. As I said, the hamster is dead. The wheel is spinning, and the hamster is dead. And all you got to do is speak to somebody a little bit older than you. Speak to people who are older than you and ask them if you could turn back the clock at 24 years old, that you're 24 years old. And that's Nisano is 24, married. He's married. Right? How old are you, Yehuda? 20. 20. 20 years old, fresh, fresh 20 year old Sade, who is who's gonna you 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 could become Besides your good looks. We're not talking about your good looks. When you're in darkness, see, when you're in darkness, you're scared. When you're in darkness, you're afraid. When you're in this world without light, you're scared. And you know what? You know what? I'm going to say the word that I never like to say, but in this context, I'm, oh, Rafael had a question. I'm going to say, I'll just say it, and then we'll let Rafael ask the question. I'm going to say in this context, you should be scared. If you're in this world without God, if you're in this world without the Torah, 
If you're in this world without clarity, because clarity is the same as light. It's clear, right? It's, it's, uh, it's, uh, machvarto, kirshanin and meikaro, raisi, raya ani, as divrei, right? And Amora says to another Amora, I see your opinion. What do you mean you see my opinion? I have clarity, right? You ever think, right? You're listening, you say, ah, I see, I see what you're saying. What do you mean I see what you're saying? You see the words that I'm saying? You don't see the words that I'm saying. You have clarity, you have light, you have R, you have a clarity. You have, you have a sense of purpose. You have a sense of what am I doing? Who am I? What am I about? Why am I here on this planet? Questions that everyone is, right? I love talking to people. Sorry, Phil, I'm, I'm uh, I love talking to people and they're asking these questions. They think they discovered America. They think they discovered the whole world when they're like, oh, like, well, why does God, you know, why did God, you know, do, you know, do the Holocaust? Why did God, why does God hurt people? And I'm like, wow, you're such a philosopher. You're a brilliant genius. No one ever asked that question, I'm sure. I'm being sarcastic. Now, I'm not saying that those questions don't bother people. I'm not saying that those questions are not questions that can bother us. But the shot is, is that you're, you're, you're not, you're not, you're not in the light. You're not in lightness. You don't have clarity to ask questions that are just simple questions that we all ask. We all have the same questions. Everybody has the same questions, more or less. What separates somebody who's successful as a Jew, who's successful as a person, is somebody who touches and opens his eyes and his ears to the lightness of the world, that there's a God, there's a purpose, I have a purpose, I need to live my daily life, as the Mesil Sharm says. Kol yemei chayot, ma Why am I here in this world? What is life about? I'm going to die. There's nothing wrong, it's the most beautiful thing to think about death. It's the most beautiful thing. I'm not talking about somebody who, Rahman al-Hassan, doesn't want to live. I didn't say that. I didn't say it's not good to think about that I don't want to live. That's already a, a dark thought. That's a painful thought that people have. And I'm not, we don't judge. And people need to want to live. People who want to not live are people who, don't, who are not happy with their life. I'm not talking about death, to think about that, that I wish I was dead. It's not that you wish you were dead, you just don't want to be alive. But to think about the fact that I'm going to be dead one day, right? As the Pusik says, Tov, there's a reason why, why Shlomo Melech, the Chacham Mikol Adam, the smartest man who ever lived, said it's better to go to a funeral, it's better to go to a Shiva house, it's better to go to a cemetery than it is to a wedding. Because that's reality. You want reality? The reality is, is that life is short. That's a reality. And you don't even know how short life is. You don't even know how long you're going to live. You don't know if you're going to make it till 40, till 50, to 60, to 70, to 90. You don't know what your wife is going to have. You don't know your children. You don't know anything. Nobody knows anything. And when you have that clarity, which is my next thing, so in case I, if I lose the train of thought I'm going to have for pillow, Remind me, we took some chassi yurasi. 
because we're going to go there about Rosh Hashanah. Go. Uh, I just wanted to touch a little bit about what yeah. someone was saying. Yeah. Um, I, it might be a little bit off topic. But no problem. We'll get back with the Mitochi um, Rossi sometime. I don't understand what someone was asking was like, to the other extreme, like, what if you're like too busy and you're not, right. you, you're, you're losing the, you know, uh, what it is that you're talking about. Right. I want to ask, like, at any age or stage, you could be busy in a good way to be productive. But how do you keep the excitement going right. when you're productive and doing the same thing right. every day and, and you don't want to think on new things every single right. day? Right. You can't do that, but on the, on right. the other hand, if Correct. you're doing the same thing every day, Correct. you do lose excitement. So how Correct. do you keep the excitement going? Love it. I love it. Love the question. Love the question. Love that, Rav Hillel, you're asking the question. Cheers. Let's give Rav Hillel. Rav Hillel's excited. Rav Hillel's uh, not a... Not a not as young as everybody here. He's young with a wife and family. And, he, and he's sitting in Masil Shisharim because he wants, he wants more. I love that question. Right? It's like telling someone, well, the way you can you know, have a great relationship with your wife is get a new wife every year. And then you'll have a new great relationship with your wife because I've been with my wife for, you know, you're, you're with your wife for 10 years, 20 years, 30 years, 40 years, Amir Tashem, 50, 60, 70 years. I fall more in love L'chayra should fall more. I need something new, as you're saying. I need something new. But we know that that's not true. We know that that's not true. Excitement has nothing to do with what you're doing. You have some people who could do 20 different things every month, and they're bored, and they're sad, and they get no excitement. And then you could have someone who does the same thing over and over, and he's excited. So it's not so much what you're doing, right? You can have a guy who's married five times and he's getting divorced again. And then you can have a guy who's married to the same person, right? And they serve the same food. She serves the same boiled chicken with the, you know, the kugel and it's delicious every time. So what's the oh, that's the million dollar question. What's the shot? That's what Rafil is asking. That's what Rafil is asking. What's the shot? Because it has nothing to do with the externals. That's the shot. Your life and your excitement has nothing to do with externals. It all has to do with internals. You can go ahead and wrap up your tefillin every day and not be excited. And then you could have a guy who puts on his tefillin. Ooh, they say that's tipshat in, in, in Zer and Zrizus. Zer and Zrizus is the same, is the same word. Right? I heard this Shabbos from my, my father-in-law who told me, I think from Rav Hudner... I think from the altar, from, so I don't want to misquote Rabbi Shlema Freifeld. There's a misora in what I'm going to say right now. I, I'm just trying to quote it because I'm not saying it so much for the misora of it. I just want to quote where I heard it from. And where it's from is that Zer, which means a crown, is the same letters as Zariz, as Zariz. In English, they, 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 they uh, translate the word zer as alacrity. Zrizus in the art scroll, Masil Zisharim, is alacrity. I have no idea what alacrity is. But it's something about being quick. But the word in Hebrew, zer, means a crown, which means I own it. A melech is an owner. Zrizus, which means I'm excited to do something, comes when you own it, when you own what you're doing. When you see a picture, there's a famous picture of Ramosha Feinstein. I don't know if anyone's, I mean, you've heard of him, but Ramosha Feinstein was a little bit, when I was younger, a little bit, he was like the Gadol back in the day for us. Ramosha is a picture of him, you know, concentrating under a chuppah, like his whole body, mind, 
as the Mesul Sharm, as he writes in the Hagdama of Taharas HaMachshava, is that I'm totally invested. Right? Nisano, our problem, of Hillel, all of us, our problem is we're fragmentized. We're all over the place. We're all over the place. We have, we have A, D, 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 D. In my day, I've said this, they talked about commercials that, that a person can only concentrate, right? Back in the day before, can you just give a little quick history, back in the day before VCRs. I don't know if you guys know what VCRs are. Before, right, you'd have to wait to, to, to watch a movie that came out on the television. I don't know if you guys know what a television is, right? But we have the television on Sunday nights, whatever it is, and the, and the movie would be with commercials, a chutzpah. They, in the middle of the movie, are stopping the movie to give a commercial. They would say there's like a 12-minute period of time that you're watching the movie, and then you'd have the commercial. They'd say people's concentration can only be for 12 minutes because the commercial then takes them out of that. So talking about fragment, this is back in my day, back in the 80s, guys, back in the 80s, back in close to Europe. Seven seconds ago, right? Seven seconds ago. Less, probably less. You guys know. Guys, tell me here. You can't even watch one movie. You've got to watch seven different movies. And you have your WhatsApp. And you have your this. Right here. You guys tell me. Menachem can tell, can tell us. Right, you, know, you guys know how that works. How does it go? Does every, just, 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 just everything's moving. Everything's moving. I thought that was a program these days. See, I told you. you know, and I thought Red Zone, where they don't stick to one game at a time. They're constantly switching between every single game. Right. To keep people's attention. I had, thank you for reminding me. hours commercial people, Right. So, so thank you, Menachem. I want to say, I had this, I had this once with my kids. I remember, I remember exactly whether it was, I've had this with them when we watched a football game together or a playoff game. I'm serious, I had this. And we were watching one game, and this is me, I'm a little bit old school. We're watching one game. So my heart is in that game. My brain is in that game. I'm holding with the offense and the defense. And then right in the middle, you guys are going to be like, of course, what are you talking about? Right in the middle, they're like switching, or like it was like a timeout, and they switch to another game. I'm like, wait, 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 I can't do that so quickly. My heart and my brain are holding with the, you know, the giants and the whatever. Right? It's the same thing with Spotify and the music. And again, I'm not talking about bad. It's not bad. It's not good. This is what we deal with. But what does it do? You're listening to Spotify. I have this myself. You're listening to a song. While you're in the song, you're already in the next song. So Zer and Zerizus is, I got a disposable. We're in a disposable generation. How many cups, how many plates? You guys are like, what is this guy talking about? But what that does is it affects me. I have to be able to get a new tie. I got to get a new suit. I gotta get a new car. I gotta get a new phone. And that's why everyone is so happy. That was sarcastic again. Maybe that's why everybody is actually so depressed. Hmm. We ever think about that? For all the American geniuses, the genius America, that that consumers that have this new and this new and this new and this new. So why is everybody so depressed? Maybe that's exactly why I'm depressed. Because when I don't like something, or even if I do like something, I gotta get something new. And I'm not happy. So what does my father do? What do I do? Buy him something new. Give him something new. 
but something old, right? I'm not happy with my wife. Give me a new one. And I'm sure people have that. I'm sure people have that. What? Exactly. You just made that up? No, no, no. Instead of giving a new wife, just say, tell your wife she's better love her. Exactly. But Rabbi Lazarus, come on. Rabbi Lazarus, you're old school. Rabbi Lazarus just said, instead of getting a new wife, why don't you tell your wife you love her? Why don't you try and love a new wife? Let's start with that. Why don't you tell her? Oh, you have to tell her before you start. Yeah, okay. But you guys, okay, we're not dealing with wives now. You guys aren't talking about wives. But you will. I'm telling you, it's no different. It's no different. It's no different. I always say this. You're going to show up, oh, I love my wife. She's the best. She's the awesomest. She's the best. Until you meet your friend's wife. No, you know, don't, no one likes to hear that. Don't say that, Rabbi. Don't say that. It's not true. It's not true. Why isn't it true? I understand why it's not true. Why would, not, why would that not be true? Why would that not be true? If I'm not happy with things and I need everything outside of me to make me happy, so why wouldn't that also happen? It's the same game, everybody. Life does the same exact thing. A guy who's in darkness is a guy who's in darkness. If you don't have a shem in your life, if you don't have you don't have light in your life, if you don't have you don't have purpose in your life, which is the same thing. If I don't have a purpose of my life, Yelsey, remember that? I think it was your line. The greatest alarm clock. I think that's Yelsey Adler. I think he sent me that line. Correct. Four years ago, right? Purpose is the greatest alarm clock. You want to wake up in the morning? I can say this. Hashem, don't give me a Leon Hurts. I said this. I don't set my alarm in the morning. I don't need to set my alarm. I'm saying that with pride. No. Indeed. No. I'm going to ready. You want to hear my line? Yeah. I made up this line. I'm going to have my alarm clock wake me up. Think about that in a deep way. My alarm has to wake me up. I'm not going to wake up without my alarm clock. I want my purpose to wake me up. I want my life to wake me up. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with alarm clocks. And it's good. And my wife gets up very early. I have my grandkids over. And my house is very busy very early. So it's not a riot. But, but it happens to be that I don't, I don't need an alarm clock. I don't want an alarm clock. I wish I, wish I could, wouldn't be able to wake up sometimes. I don't mean that. I wish I could sleep a little bit late sometimes. But what's the shot? Because I got stuff to do. I'm not saying, I'm, 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 not, I'm just giving an example. When you've got stuff to do, when you've got deals to close, when you've got, as Rokhaim Kanievsky would say, when I have debt, when I have spiritual debt, right? Rokhaim always used to say that, right? He, would, he had debt, you know, that he made. I've got to learn this amount. I've got, I got stuff to do. My son just told me recently, it's a story. I'm going to talk about Rokhaim Kanievsky. They say that his son in law is actually a nephew of my neighbor, Kolodetsky. Kolodetsky's. Knows, you know, Rukhaim's son-in-law, that's, that's, that's your landlord's, uh, his uncle. So they say a story. They found Rukhaim once in the winter. He was, he, was in, he was in the rain at like 11 o'clock at night. His son-in-law was walking by. And he's in the rain learning outside his house, right on the bottom by Kupanairo. It was pouring rain. And they're like, what are, you, what are you doing here? 
So he said, there's a great lesson from anything. He said what happened was he came back and his family, everybody was, was, was sleeping. And he didn't want to walk in and turn on the light to wake up someone from the family, right? And ready? And he said, but he had Chavis still to pay for the day. He still had to learn certain things. So what's he going to do? You can't walk. Guys, you hear this. He's not walking in, right? Guy can walk in and say, of course I'm turning the lights. I'm kind of empty. i got to learn Torah. Of course, it's a mitzvah for them to watch me wake up because of my Torah. No, he didn't say that. He says, I'm a sensitive person to my children. I'm sensitive to my wife. I'm sensitive to my family. I'm not going inside. But I still got to take care of business. Still got to take care of business, my business, which is his Torah. So he was outside in the pouring rain learning. Until whatever, whatever. That's life. That's, and that's a story you hear about him, right? And you can only imagine how many more stories there are. That's greatness. That's greatness. Yes. Rafi. Um, do you think that so many things happening at once, like you said with the, the football and all that? Yes. Thing, yes. Do you think we're better multitaskers? Do I think we're better, better? Could be. Could very well be. There's benefits to being ADD and to be multitaskers, 100%. There are also weaknesses to it. There could be. Uh, women, I think, are more natural uh, multitaskers. I think they're naturally more. It doesn't mean people don't have feminine sides to them that they could be multitaskers. I don't know. I'm not, I'm not a psychologist like that. But uh, there are benefits, but there are also a lot of weaknesses when you're not able to focus on something. People can't have conversations with people. People can't concentrate. They can't enjoy their job. They always have to change something external. When your internal is not happy, then you have to change your external. L'davda Hashem Oiri, Rosh Hashanah is all about purpose. Rosh Hashanah is, I was created for a purpose. There's a God who created the world for a purpose. Hashem created the, this planet, not just for a bunch of, I mean, it's a kasha. It's definitely a good kasha. I'm not the only one who asked this kasha, and I'm not going to claim that I'm a big philosopher like I was saying before because I'm asking this kasha. I'm not the first person to ask the kasha, say, what, why do we need 6 billion people, right? That's how many people on the planet around. 7.9 billion people, right, on this world for this. Base Medrash right here to talk about purpose. But in another sense, I could ask the same kasha, what do I need all the planets? What do I need all the cosmos? For what? For one yid to stand up and to say, Hashem hu ha'elekid. To stand Rosh Hashanah and to say, you know what? Life, why do they hate us? Anybody know why they hate us? You know why the Goyim hate us? One of the many reasons they hate us. They're jealous. They hate the truth. Because one of the, Yemachshimam, I think, I think Nietzsche was a, he was a big, uh, right? I think Hitler, Yemachshimam, was a, was a chassid of, of Nietzsche, right? A big German philosopher who said that the Jews, I think he's the one who said it, that the Jews are the conscious of the world. Maybe look that up, somebody, who said that. I think he's the one who said it. That's what he wrote. He wrote it in there? Okay, if someone could look that up. Jews are the conscience of the world. And I'm sure they'll let you, I'm sure they'll let you, you're not going to get, I'm sure you're allowed to say that on the internet. That's not a negative thing to say. Right? You, can, you can't call a boy a girl, right, or a girl a boy. No, meaning you can't call a boy a boy. That, that they'll throw you off the internet for. But to say that Jews are the conscience of the world, that you're allowed to say. Yeah. It was Nietzsche. 
Yeah, yeah, Mein Kampf, because he wrote that from... So Nietzsche said, the philosopher, he said, right? He was also an anti-Semite like all of them. What do you say? We're the conscious of the world. So Shalom, who's a big tzaddik, who goes in the ways of the tzaddikim, says that's a good thing. Of course it's a good thing, because you're the conscious of the world. Because it's your fault. It's your fault that I have to call a boy a boy and a girl a girl. And that I have to not kill babies. Yeah, not abortion. No, it doesn't. No, you can't murder babies. You can't do that. You can't murder a, 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 someone who's in the womb. No, you can't do that. How do they know that? The Constitution, this, right? They'll have debates. People will get nervous. Oh, Rabbi Fisher's saying a political right in 10 years will be like, Rabbi Fisher, Oy vey, how could you say that? Maybe it's not really true. Women's rights. Okay, you get sucked into the, into the, into the brainwashing of people who don't want the conscience of the world. But we have a conscience of the world. It's called Rosh Hashanah. It means that I have a purpose. And I can't just do what I want. No, I can't just do what I want. No, I cannot just do what I want. Oh, Rebbe, that triggers me. Okay, go to a therapist. So it triggers you. Okay, so it triggers you. So the truth triggers you. So the truth triggers you. So I'm not going to talk and say things that are true because it triggers you? Then forget it all. We might as well just... You know, jump off a roof at that point. If you can't say the truth because it triggers you, if you can't tell someone the truth because it bothers you, if you can't tell someone that really Rosh Hashanah, that Hashem runs your life, that's so good. So you got to go figure out why it's so hard for you. What's so uncomfortable about that? Oh. Rav Eisenberg. Yes. Yes, three. You could say three points. About what? Yeah, multitasking. Yeah. Can you do a little louder? First of all, the multitasking, the word multitasking means that you're accomplishing something. Oh, nice. You're accomplishing something. Right. Today, most of the things that we're doing are accomplishing nothing. As an example, we talk about the phone, guys, but again, you know, I once asked the guy, so what are you getting? I'm worth 500,000 Conscious of the world, yeah. So the claim took it that way that they come with a conscious of the world. This one say much deeper that just like the Nishama is the is the life force for the body, the Nishama and the Guf, the Jewish people are the life force for the world, the Nishama of the world. Right, beautiful. So they they kind of stole the the flag and they were they used the word conscious of the world, like we have something to feel bad about. Right. Like, like in a negative kind of... Like the show right. to feel bad that it's actually giving anything worth... Nice, nice. I like that. 
Yeah, beautiful, beautiful. We are, we just have to tap into that's not consciousness. We're the aura, the light of the world. The light. Beautiful. In this meditation, you have a MetLife Stadium, 90,000 years, and coming in there and making a scene in the shots, and nobody else understands why you're doing it. We gave a whole purpose to MetLife Stadium. Beautiful. Beautiful. I like it. If a kid flies out to Dubai and the whole airport and thing, and he's and I like that because it's a great segue I just want to say it's beautiful because I like the concept of how you said that, it's a, great, it's a great point, is that it's turning something so beautiful into something so terrible. Meaning instead of us being the light of the world, that there's, a, there's, there's, there's nitzchias, there's, there's, there's life after death, there's, there's eternal life, there's family, there's happiness, there's Hashem, there's, there's happiness in my life. Because I have someone to answer to. Because I'm living in reality. When you're living in reality, there's no greater reality than, and I've said this many times, when you try and control, and we're going to keep on saying it a lot, this is Menachem Nachem over here. When you try and control, and control and control, you're out of control. You ever meet somebody who's trying to control people? They're out of control. When someone gets angry, some of this, they're out of control. Because I'm trying to control what's going to be with this, what's going to be with that, what's going to be with that, what's going to be with that, what's going to be with this, and what's going to be with tomorrow. Everyone, I love the people. Oh, but I'm so worried about my future. No, you're not. You're, you're trying to control things. Oh, what's going to be next week? What's going to be in, in a month from now? I'm trying to control this. I'm trying to control. You're out of control. But when you realize there's someone else in control, that Hashem controls. That's why the tzaddikim, they're so relaxed. It's ironic. The tzaddikim are so relaxed. They're so at peace. Why are they at peace? Because I don't have to control. Hashem is controlling. I don't have to control anything. All I have to do is try and control maybe my, myself a little bit, not to say something. If I can control myself, that's what I got to do. I could try and control my emotions. I could try and control when I get out of bed. I could try and control where I walk. I could control where I look at. That I could control. But controlling people, I can't control people. I can't control what the future is going to be. I got to try and live the way I want to live. That's, that's, L'david Hashem Oiri, Oiri Zu Rosh Hashanah. Rosh Hashanah is not about your Averis. That's Yom Kippur. People get mixed up between the two, the two days. Rosh Hashanah has nothing to do with your Averis. Nothing. It's the opposite. You don't talk about your Averis. It's, it's time that it's, we, don't, we don't get near our Averis, Rosh Hashanah time. Yom Kippur, we'll talk about what that means. We'll talk in Hashem after Rosh Hashanah about Averis and how to fix and how to do tshuva. Rosh Hashanah is about recognizing that I'm not in control. And someone else, Hashem, is in control. And that's light. That's clarity. You know why that's clarity? 
because we suffer when we try to not live in reality. That's the irony of it. When you don't live in reality, you suffer. When you're not living in reality and you live in dimion, when you're not living to what's true, that's when things, I don't mean you suffer physical pain, mentally. When you're in someone else's business, you're trying to control your mother, you're trying to control your father, you're trying to control your parents, you're trying to control your spouse, you're trying to control your kids, you're trying to control your money, you're trying to control, 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 control other people, you're trying to control the weather, you're trying to control the traffic, you're trying to control God. You suffer. We suffer mentally from that. We suffer emotionally from that. When I try and just mind my own business and try and take care of myself and look after myself and do what I got to do and I let go, that's when you're able to live a life of light, an enlightened, so to speak, life. I have to say, I just want to say, I know it might be a strange little, uh, um, little, little shout out and I, I don't, you know, Baruch Hashem, a lot of people listen to this sheer, um, not just us that are here. And, I, and I, I, I was contemplating to say this, but I think I could say it over Shabbos. When I had my grandson's Baruch Hashem, the Shalom Zachar, and the Bris. So there were some, some girls who were in seminary in Eretz Yisrael. And, and they came over to me because they listened to this sheer. I mean, I got such chizik. I got such chizik from them. I'll tell you why I got such chizik from them. Because... We, we, we were talking a little bit because they listen to this year and they don't have this forum. But, but it was so incredible to hear that, that people, everyone out there is thirsting for, for the same thing. We're all thirsting for the same thing. We live in a world that is so besheker. It is so, lo- there's so many, you know, I, don't wanna, I can't talk for Rabbi Lazarus when he grew up you know, what, what society was like. But I could just talk about Lazarus is much older. I don't want to say much. Lazarus is, is, is older than me. And I can even say about myself that I remember a time where you couldn't say the world is crazy. I remember it. You couldn't say that. People said the world's the world. I remember slowly it was like, yeah, the world is crazy. And that was like 20, 25 years ago. What, what is happening in the world, and I say that on purpose, I say that on purpose, and I, I say that with pride. And the reason I say that with pride, that the world is crazy. And when I say the world is crazy, we can get into that, you know, another time of the specifics of that. But the reason I say that is, is that if you don't protect yourself, and you don't learn through a Masil Sishar, you don't learn through the Torah, you don't learn through Hashem, you don't learn through Judaism about how to live as a husband, how to live as a father. Chavetz Chaim, the Chavetz Chaim, how to not speak Lashon Hara, how to judge favorably, how to be honest with yourself, how to be honest with others. And the list goes on and on. It's the exact opposite of everything that we're brainwashed from what's going on on the outside. And it's more dangerous than ever. It's more dangerous than ever. And where are you going to get your sanity from? Where are you going to get your sanity from? And that, I think, is the million-dollar question. Where are you getting your clarity of life? Where are you getting your connection to yourself, to 
to your spouse, to your parents, to your children, to Hashem. From where? Who is teaching you? Was it Netflix? Not it's Netflix. Not definitely not from what's out there. Definitely not from. And I'm not just saying it as a. I'm not saying it to convince anybody. And I mean that for real. I'm not saying that to convince anyone. I'm saying it because we have a responsibility. We have a responsibility to live the life that Hashem gave us and to live it properly. It's not about. It's not about living it happily. And being happy, that's a whole different conversation. It's a different conversation about being happy. Being happy. I'm not talking about that. I'm still talking about living as a, a properly. To live the life that Hashem, as I think Rav Chatzkel says, a guy gets a toaster oven. I mean, back then, he gets a, nowadays, we don't need a thing with toaster oven, but imagine you get some machine, and you don't get a book of directions with the machine. No book of directions how to use the machine. And you put the toaster oven on your head as a hat. So you're a fool. Because you're not using the machine properly. So I think Rav Chatzkel says, God dropped us, Hashem dropped us in this world. Dropped us, literally. Dropped us in this world. Bam. You're in this world. What am I supposed to do? Without a manual, how do you know what to do? What's the manual? What's the manual? The Torah is the manual. Hashem is our God. Hashem is the one who tells us, you know what? I have a Rosh Hashanah for you. I have a Yom Kippur. There's a Sukkot. There's a Hanukkah. There's, there's a Rosh Chodesh. There's Shabbos. There's, there's mitzvahs. There's Losa. Whatever it might be. There's you. There's understanding yourself. You have to understand yourself. There's a, you have to understand. We, we need to do everything. We need to do everything. We're the light of the world. We need to do everything. We have to be good husbands. We have to be good fathers. And we have to be good Jews as to God. So people get nervous. Sometimes like, oh, my Ben Adam Lamakom is terrible. No problem. You'll get to that. How's your Ben Adam Lamakom? Oh, my Ben Adam Lamakom is terrible. My Ben Adam Lamakom is great. We'll get to that. You'll get to your... We need both. You need both. You need to be a great guy, a great citizen, a great person, and great to Hashem. Very, very difficult. Very difficult to do one of them, let alone to do both of them. But that's what we can do. Everybody here can do that. We have the ability to do that. We have the ability, because Hashem gave us the ability. Hashem gave us the ability to have Aserah Dibros, five on one side, five on the other side. That's what life is. It's very easy to be a monk and to go up to a mountain and not get married, not have children, disconnect yourself from the world, and, 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 you know, and that's it. That's not what a Jew is. A Jew's in the world. You got to do business, but there's a way to do business. You got to be honest, you got to learn Torah. There's a way to do everything. You have to have a family. You have to be a good father. You have to be a good husband. You got to be a good everything. And then you start enjoying life. Then life is real. Life is alive. And you will get there. You will get there. I don't mean to just say it, I'll sit here, but I guarantee. I guarantee it. I guarantee it. You stay along. You stay with Aaron Razak. He quoted the book. 
He quoted the book. He sat in his chair. How many years is he sitting in the chair? Well, it can be filled. This year, how many, which year? His fourth year. What are you doing here? Why are you sitting here? Speak to him. Speak to Arizona. Speak to him. Speak to him about it. Speak to him about where, how he got from where he got to to where he is now. Does it just happen? Does it just happen? It takes time. It takes focus. It takes patience. Daniel Gross. What do you, what, what, Daniel Gross is the one who told us from Corona. Tell us the mice and we'll end off with the story. In Corona, he decided without Masil Sharm, say it. I say it for you? You want me to say it for you? Okay, no problem. I just want to get the, I don't like the same things that might not be true. There's too much of that that goes around. Yeah. Uh, maybe not. I think that's what you said, yeah. Now I'm already telling you what happened. <laughs> oh, yeah? Okay. that even if you have so much darkness, all you need is a little tiny light, and it pushes away all the darkness. So sometimes we think, in order for me to be great, in order for me to be happy, in order for me to connect to Rosh Hashanah, in order for me to connect to Hashem, in order for me to connect to the Torah, in order for me to accomplish everything we spoke about today, ah, oh, I have so much to do. Fake news. You don't have so much to do. All you gotta do is light a little candle, a 
tiny little thing. And then, when you decide what that little thing is, as Daniel just said, cut that in half. And do even something a little smaller. It's fine. You say, oh, okay, I'm going to start learning two Mishnahs a day. It's okay. Start with one Mishnah a day. If you can do a half a Mishnah, maybe. If you decide one Mishnah. But the point is, keep it simple. You want to know about happiness? Read a little bit about, about happiness once a day, a little page, a little bit. You want to read about Hashem? You want to read about Rosh Hashanah? Go on, go, go, open a book. What's Rosh Hashanah? Read two lines about Rosh Hashanah. Read two lines about Gemara. Read two lines about marriage. Read two lines about anything. Hashem should help us all, as we say, as we always say, and this fits the same thing. Everyone wants a great life. A great life is today. A great life is today. You're in your life right now. Welcome to your life. Welcome to your life because you're in it right now. And it's no different in 10 years because you'll be in it in 10 years, hopefully as well. And you'll be in your same day as you were 10 years before. So Hashem should help us all. Should be Zoha not to be haunted by our past and not to be afraid of our future. The best thing we could do about our past and the best thing we could do to have a great future is to have a great today. Because you can't fix your past. You can only fix your past by living today better. And you can't be in the future. The best thing to do for tomorrow is to have a great day today. So either way you slice it, it's lighting that small candle. Have a wonderful rest of your day, everybody. Let's go.